I was saying, oh, Raj. Like, yes. It's, it's. We can't ignore the fact that there's a there's a political issue at play as well. Even if we're in the footballing world, and even if we're, we're totally going to discuss the Champions League, it is a factor. Where we're finding teams that are going through by default because FIFA put a blanket ban on the Russian clubs. You know what I mean? Like it's like the pandemic. It's we, we can solely focus on, on the Champions League and ignore the pandemic. True. So that's one of those things. Yeah. And, and you're right. You're uh, still saying as a, as a Chelsea fan, yeah, yeah, a bit concerned. Yeah. So as a Chelsea fan, a bit concerned because uh, I can't think of any other manager or sorry, owner that's been passionate about the club as Mr. Roman Abramovich has since he bought the club in 2003. Um, and also the amount of money invested into the club. Because mind you, uh, when he bought the club in 2003, Chelsea were debt, broke, yeah, no money, hadn't won the league title for 50 years. Actually, at that point, it was 47 years. 48 years, sorry. So it has been a long time since Chelsea won, you know, the Premier League. Sure, they're winning like the FA Cup, the League Cup, and the Community Shield, but not the big trophies like the Premier League or Champions League was not even a, it was just an afterthought for Chelsea Football Club. And the fact that he invested so so much money into the club and that he fell in love with the City of London. And I can't think of, yeah, and we saw, we saw what happened. The managers that he brought in, the players he brought in um, over the over the 19 plus years is incredible. I'm talking about players such as uh, uh, Jogba, uh, Makalele, Michael Balak, Shevchenko, Torres, Ingolo Kante, um, Royal Mereles, David Luiz, Thiago yeah. Silva. I mean, the list is endless of all the players that have come through uh, Chelsea. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, and the fact that he managed to win twenty one trophies um, during his tenure as owner is incredible. Um, yeah. I think it's actually the most for. I mean, I think it's the most since he took over. Um, I think United have won the same amount of trophies uh, over that spell. Uh, I think they've also won twenty one trophies during that time, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So just shows you the impact he has, um, or he hasn't had um, at Stamford Bridge. But uh, like you said, we can't. It's a topic we cannot ignore. Um, I'm like don't, I, you don't, said. Yes. Don't you worry though, uh, as a fan of such a large institution, that aren't you worried that maybe the, the club over relies on the owner and ownership? Shouldn't Chelsea by now be self-sustaining? Why? Of course, we can't ignore his pull. We can't ignore his financial muscle. But why is it that when he leaves, it seems like wow, we're all doomed? Well, from that's a very good question. Uh, so, from what from a financial perspective, um, it's true the model that we used for years, which was buying Galacticos, buying signing big players, that's not working anymore because Chelsea just don't have the financial muscle power to compete to the likes of um, Manchester City or Paris Saint-Germain. It's impossible. We can't spend hundreds and millions of euros every year or pounds, depending on which side of the point you are situated at. But uh, like you said, Chelsea should be by now self-sustaining, which is the case. Um, they, with Marina Grandescova, who take care of the, you know, um, 
the day 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 running of the club. Um, Chelsea have become sustain self sustaining, so that means they're still spending like 300 million euros a year in players. They decide to be self-sustaining and focus on getting players from the academy. And I'm thankful that uh, Mr. Brunvich invested in the academy in Cobham because you have seen so many players come from there over the years, but just never really got a chance to show their talent on the field. But now we're seeing it with um, Mason Mount, Reese James, Tammy Abraham, even though he's now going to AS Roma, um, Kalem Hudson-Odoi, um, Harvey Villa, there's so many players that have come through the Chelsea Academy that are now playing for the first team and some who even won the Champions League with Chelsea last year. So yeah. the self-sustaining part yeah, is very important now because Chelsea need to look to the future. Chelsea cannot spend, like I said, 300 million euros every year. It's just not possible anymore. We are not Man City. We are not Paris Saint-Germain. We're not funded by a country or state. So you have to be self-sustaining. But uh, I agree with you. I, I know, like the the press has made a uh, the press has made a big deal of it. Like, oh no, now that Bonvich has decided to sell, Chelsea are going to be doomed financially. Um, not entirely yeah. the case because um, he's first of, like I mentioned off record for last week. He well, as you've seen already, last week he already decided that he's going to leave the running of the club in the we can say a consortium of some sort. Um, and that even and that even though he will no longer be there, you know, doing taking care of the day to day, the club is still yeah. in safe hands. Because you, yeah. you have to you have to club build people that care about you know the football team, the football club from every aspect from press team all the way to the academy, um, and also people that take care of the stadium from every level. And that's what he did last week. But of course, yesterday's announcement was a big shock in the football world. Um, Chelsea fan or not Chelsea fan, um, we don't know what the future holds for the club. But uh, in a nutshell, I think Chelsea will be okay financially. They will not suffer any sanctions, be it from the British government, be it from UEFA, FIFA, any other organization. I think financially Chelsea will be all right. But uh, of course, people are serving doubts. Uh, okay, will the next owners still have the same th- drive and passion as yeah. Robin Abramovich? But in a nutshell, um, I think Chelsea will be all right financially. Yeah, yeah. But let, let's let's hope so because uh, it definitely is a club that adds not only to the the the, the, the title contention and then the Premier League, but also in the global stage now where we're seeing them as a. As a, as a powerhouse when it comes to European competitions. I think they've recently uh, won the Club World Cup and uh, the defending Champions League um, holders. So, yeah, we, let's, let's definitely hope that they sustain themselves for, for the next coming seasons. And I think we won't immediately see the impact of this uh, change. Maybe in two, three seasons when it's not rippling down, maybe we'll see what he's, he's, his, his departure has left. Absolutely, I agree with you 100%. We will see in the next two to three years if if and what impact his departure will have on the club. And yeah. like you said, right, you said, yeah, they won, the, they won the Club World Cup. They are the defending Champions League winners. So they'll have to... The, the expectations are obviously high for them. Um, yeah. Whether Brovich 
you know, departure will have a negative impact sporting wise. We shall see. Only time will tell. And yeah. now that you brought us to the topic of the Champions League, um, so we had some very good games uh, in the first leg of the last 16 um, about two weeks ago. Right? We did, we did. So maybe for our listeners who maybe missed out on the games, uh, I'll just try and read the results quickly. Uh, so we start with um, Tuesday, 15th of uh, February. So PSG PSG 1, Real Madrid 0, Sporting 0, um, Man City 5. Then yeah, on the Martin Wednesday, um, um, Red Bull Salzburg 1, Bayern Munich 1. Inter Milan 0, Liverpool 2. And then the following week, um, Chelsea 2, nil 0, Villarreal 1, Juventus 0, Atletico Madrid 1, Manchester United 1, Benfica 2, and Ajax Amsterdam 2. So which game would you like us to analyse, um, Jesse? I think starting, we can start with uh, Ajax and, and Benfica match and then just work our way down from the list of uh, results that you've just put out for our listeners and our audience, which we highly encourage to follow our pages at the green pitch and um, continue giving us an ear and listening to us. Thank you. Yes, that's absolutely right, uh, fellow listeners. Don't hesitate uh, to follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, but now let's, so you want to focus on Benfica Ajax. So what did you make of that game at uh, the Stadio de Luz? Uh, you know, the, the AX and, and, and Benfica match, I didn't watch it fully, but I, I caught a glimpse of it. And my word, my word, AX, AX is, a, is, is a different side altogether. Okay, it, it was a poor result from them, like taken from their recent form, but the, the, the style of play is there, the, the identity and definitely the AX DNA, the Cruyff uh, DNA <laughs> is definitely in them. Um, we're seeing players like Mesrawi coming up, um, Sebastian as well. He's on good form, although he's got a little knock now. Um, he, he may be a bit of a of, of an issue coming into the next uh, return late next week. Is it next week? Uh, uh, next, will to... uh, next week, yes, is the return legs. Return leg next week. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, the identity has definitely been there. And the players, I think, are uh, in keeping with the Ajax spirit, are really going all out on the field and actually displaying their talents. It's like they're actually trying to, to get attention and get courted by, by bigger clubs. So that, that, that's really, 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 really showing. And then from Benfica, they did quite well um, in stopping Ajax. It's, it's not easy, red hot form. One of the highest scoring teams, they create one of the most uh, highest chances in, across Europe. Again, we mentioned Sebastian Nale, who's um, in red hot form after his um, weird signing from <laughs> the Premier League, <laughs> from the, the trend really seemed to have helped him. And I think it did the same thing with Tedic uh, when he went back home and he started really performing well. So, yeah, he's been a, they, they, them two have been good talisman at the club. So, Benfica did quite well to keep them up. I uh, agree with you. He definitely made a good, he made some good points definitely in the Ajax team. They, they cruised through the group stages basically in their group with uh, Sporting, Lisbon, 
um, Dortmund and Besiktas. So it's not so well, of course, it's surprising that they only managed to get a draw in Portugal. So the return yeah. leg will be very important. And they, like you said, they're the two star players in Sebastian Aller and Dusan Tadic getting the goals. And like you said, the DNA has is there. The Cruyff way of playing football. And I think um, they'll definitely want to play a lot better at the yeah. Johan Cruyff Arena um, in the return leg. And I'm sure later on we'll preview the return legs. And then you can let me know if you think Ajax will go through or if you think Benfica will spring a surprise and reach the yeah. quarterfinals. That, that that that's 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 good because um even when we talk about that the, the the arena now going back home, Portugal is very hostile for teams that visit. And I think for somebody who hasn't um watched um any Portuguese the Portuguese league or watched any Portugal home matches, I think we'll refer back to the Euros. Um, you you would have seen quite well that when Portugal is was it the Euros? Yeah, the Euros. Some of the fixtures are hosted in Portugal, right? Uh, yes, I'm, yeah, there's some games in Portugal, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we need to confirm that it was one of the Euro- big European uh, competitions, either the Nations League where Portugal was playing, of course, or, or the Euros. Oh, yeah, it was the Nations League. The Nations League, right? Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. So uh, ultimately, when you when you watch games in Portugal, the, the, the stadiums are really intimate and the, fan, and the fans really get in your face. Oh, yeah. So for AX traveling to Benfica and uh, experiencing that and managing to go home with a with a draw, it's really um, it's remarkable. And mind you, uh, FIFA has now um, disallowed or maybe ended that way goal rule. So it's really going to be another final back at home in in in, in Dutchland or in Deutschland. However, <laughs> in Netherlands, yeah, absolutely, it will be a battle at the Johan Cruyff Arena um, in two weeks' time. I believe they'll be playing the week after. So, like you said, it is quite difficult to go to the Portuguese stadium, whether it's a Stadio de Luz, whether it's Dragao, um, or even a Sporting Lisbon's home ground. It's quite difficult to get a result at any of those stadiums. So, like you said, Ajax maybe won't feel too hard done by the result, but they would have preferred to go with at least a win. But like you said, this year, there's no more away goals. So that means if the game finishes as a tie again in Ajax, in Amsterdam, then it's extra time and potentially a penalty shootout. So that's a game that we'll definitely, you know, be watching with a close eye. Uh, so I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to say about Ajax-Benfica or Benfica-Ajax. Yeah, it's, I think it's two small sides. Um, the, the fear factor is definitely out the window when it comes to that fixture. So it wasn't shocking to to, to see such a high-scoring game, four goals, in the knockout phase of the Champions League first leg. I think that's something to remark about. And I think it's just the fear factor. Um, and I think we're expecting some more of the same um, in the second leg. And um, yeah, we'll near, near, near to the end of this session, we'll then um, just give out our score predictions and then we'll see if we... We share the same sentiments and um upon doing that i think our audience as well please feel feel free with well sorry feel welcome to 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 to, to share your your comments and uh maybe your score predictions in the comment section um under our pages and then see how close you'll get 
maybe one of these days we'll get a sponsor and then actually run a competition where one of the audience can actually win something. True. Yeah, that's actually a very good idea. Yes, um, that we can involve our listeners more. So yeah, listener, if fellow listeners, if uh, you want to predict, you know, the results of the upcoming uh, Champions League games, please go ahead, comment on any of the pages, like just as said, be it Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and let's see if we'll match. And with that being said, I guess that brings us to a big game that we all watched with a keen eye, which is Atletico Madrid versus Manchester United. So as yeah. a Manchester United, Jesse, do you think the result was a good result, fair result, or do you feel like the team could have done better? Oh, first half was typical Manchester United. Um, the team is a is a it's a tale of two, 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 two sides. Yeah, I mean, um, you never know what side you're gonna get from Manchester United. You can get the, the United that starts off well, ends off poorly, and uh, the United that starts off bad, horribly, and ultimately ends up being super, super exciting, which was the case uh, when it came to Atletico. Um, I think in, in in the last fifteen minutes of the game, there was. A substantial amount of control from the side, especially after Matic came on. Um, he always stabilizes the, the, the midfield. Um, Atletico was really suffering. I think Atletico was their own worst enemy, actually, in the way they, they, they fell into the typical medium and low block, where they really tried to stay narrow and compact and keep the other side from, from, from coming in. But um, as, as, as we all know, the past couple of seasons, uh, the past two seasons or so, especially this season, actually, um, they've let in too many goals, too many goals. I think it's the highest number of goals they've conceded, certainly under Diego Simeone. And uh, that showed um, Anthony Langa in the late uh, minutes of the game, um, scoring that uh, magnificent, uh, well-thought-out goal. Um, against uh, Jan Oblak. I think he gave an interview and um, he did mention that he studies um, keepers before matches and he knew that uh, Oblak really struggled to go down low on his left side and he really tried to to be precise and he, he was successful. Uh, that was his first shot of the goal of the game after he came on as a sub. Um, yeah, the, and the boy, speaking of Elanga, he's been soaring ever since he's been given an opportunity and I think... Um, yeah, um, without not trying to touch too much on uh, the Greenwood matter, but mm-hmm. uh, I think he's relished his um his his, his opportunity, especially with um out of form Rashford and the uh, and the and the drought bearing Cristiano Ronaldo, um yeah, and then from Atletico they really started off like a house on fire. Uh, Joao Felix, an exceptional talent, what a wizard, um giving that Aguero-esque um style performance. Um, he certainly looks like Aguero. I think one of the commentators during the match touched on it and he actually remarked that, wow, he has a striking baby face, a sort of re- resemblance of uh, Kun. So, Roy, I don't know, what, what, what did you think of the Atletico performance? Um, I thought the first half they started very well. Like you mentioned, the goal scored by Joao Felix was a well-taken header. Um, of course, I have question. I have asked. I have questions about the United defending for the goal. I felt that they let him go too easy. Um, that uh, sorry, they let Joe Felix 
scored ahead of too easily. I think I think it was Harry Maguire who was falling from not mistaken, could have done better. But taking nothing away from Atletico, that was a well, you know, well crafted goal. And overall, I think they should have done better. I think they tired out, like you said, towards the last 10 minutes. And they definitely have not been taking their chances and they've also let in a lot of goals um, this year, which is very uncharacteristic of a, of a Diego Simeone team. They don't usually yeah. let in a lot of goals, especially a team that plays very defensively and compact and narrow. So overall, I'd say Atletico could have done better and we'll just have to see how they do in the return leg. But uh, if they played like they did uh, at home, then I think the United will definitely go through because I I can see um, Atletico causing United a lot of problems at Old Trafford, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 tricky. Um, I mean, you have players like uh, Graysman who had a wonderful opportunity to 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 get a goal in that match, and uh, Suarez coming off the bench, you always have a chance uh, with those uh, star players. But yeah, definitely, as a team, they're definitely struggling. Um, even if you look into the La Liga now, they're actually falling from the top four, and um, it, it, it's going to be an interesting um, setup at the Atletico. We don't know. I think they've kept Simeone for the longest time now. I think now people are starting to ask questions whether or not the, the style of play is appropriate for these modern times. Well, not modern times, but recent times. Mm-hmm. Whether or not maybe they're, 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 they're too fearful or they need to be more ambitious in the, in the attack. And I think the first 20, 30 minutes of the main United game was testament to that. Um, we saw them coming off guns blazing. They definitely have the potential. They've got some good, excellent fullbacks who can definitely put the ball in, carry the team forward. Um, and you always have a threat from Yao Felix, big feet, um, also quite uh, inventive. Um, when was the last time we saw a diving header <laughs> in, 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 in a big European game? And Oof. to... to to, to, to beat a player like uh, De Gea in goals is really not an easy feat. And um, he really, really, really had to come up with the goals and he did. The potential in him has been excellent. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, it, it was a great match. It, two halves, of course. But I think Simeone let it go. I think he went home too early. He was planning for the next match too early. And he forgot that there were minutes running on the clock. And uh, I think the interim manager from United, Mr. Ralph Rennick, uh, would have been quite content with going back to Old Trafford with a draw. And I think um, the 12th man back at the at the stretch for the end is really going to help me. You definitely said it all. Um, Atletico definitely let the match slip off their hands. They definitely had chances to score and should have probably should have won at the night, but like you said, were not clinical enough, but they still have, I mean, they, they have they have good attacking players like Joe Felix, Luis Suarez, and Antoine Griezmann, but they just were ineffective on the night. And like you said, Ralph Ratnick would definitely be the happy of the two managers with the result because at all travel, like you said, it will be very difficult. We really have 75,000 supporters, um, you know, intimidating you. Um, so I don't know yeah. how... Uh, it's, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see how the match will play out, how uh, 
Simeone is going to set up his team? Is he going to attack or is he going to like play very defensively and try not to concede many goals? We we yeah. shall see in the return leg in two weeks' time. But uh, overall, I think, yeah, like you said, it was definitely a good game. And like I agree with you, Ralph Ragnick, definitely the happier of the two managers. Diego Simeone will definitely be having regrets, but we shall see if you if that will be the case in two weeks. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And um, ho- hopefully our both sides have fully fit players um, that will make excellent competition. Absolutely, yes. Hoping that both, yeah, that both both teams rather will have all their players back for this big game. Um, so, yeah. uh, I guess that brings us to the next game, um, which was Inter Milan zero, Liverpool two. So, what did you make of? Uh, well, let's start with Inter. What do you make of Inter's performance at home in the in the San Siro against the Reds? Man, it's it, it's. When any any side that faces Mo Salah and Sadio Mane, it's really out of your control. You can plan as much as you want. It's like coming against up against Messi and or Cristiano Ronaldo. You can plan all you want, but the the the, the class will definitely outclass you. You can't plan for greatness. So that's 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 my on it. It's it's it's. I think even Klopp knows. Um, he definitely knows that there are times when my side is completely locked out by the opposing manager. Ooh, I, don't, I don't know if I'm still with you, Raj. Uh, oh, yes, yes, you are. Just, uh, we are sorting out your technical issues. And dear listener, there's just a glitch from uh, Roger. Oh, yeah. Are you back now? I'm back. I think I just turned off the I just turned off the, the video camera. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, Raj. Yeah, it's a nice profile picture. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, um any side that has uh, star players or class players like the FCON um gold medalist and the FCON um runners up uh holder in Mo Salah. Is it always has a chance to perform to outperform the other side. So no no amount of planning uh, can really can really can really plan for that. But I think Inter, as an organization, an institution, is really relishing the moments to be back in the in in, in the big competitions, playing for something of substance. And uh, it was a classical night under the San Siro Stadium. And you've definitely said it all about uh, about Liverpool. You cannot plan on how to stop Salah, uh, Mane, and Firmino. It's just impossible. They cannot add Jota and Luis Diaz to the list. You, you, yeah. can plan, you can plan as much as you want, um, which is what I think Simone Inzaghi tried to do. But yeah. unfortunately, for after, what, 80 minutes, because I think they Liverpool scored their first goal to, in the last, what, 50 minutes of the game, you knew, yeah. okay, their plan, you know, backfired because, like you said, it's impossible to plan when you're facing that fantastic front three of Liverpool. So uh, I can't say I'm surprised by the result because the Liverpool's quality showed in the end. Yeah. It may not have been champagne football that we're used to seeing on the club, but it got they got the job done. And they definitely have one foot in the quarterfinals. Um, because I do not see well, 
we'll speak about this, of course, in the later part of the show, but I don't see Inter Milan causing any trouble at Anfield um, next week. So I think overall, Inter Milan tried, wanted to force Fabs a goalless draw and maybe try and nick something at Anfield, but when you have the front three, there's not much you can, there's nothing you can do. It's out of your control. And they came yeah. through. So that's how I would assess Inter Milan, uh, Liverpool. Um, I don't know if there's anything you want to add about the match at the San Siro. Yeah, I think uh, that match was quite mundane if you actually watched it. Um, it was played at a slow pace. Uh, but I guess you're, when you're in Italy, you have to expect something that, um, that organized and controlled. So it was, it was a game that didn't stand out in terms of the action on the field, but the historical significance actually gave it the, the ambience that it, um, it, 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 it needed. And I think being back at Anfield as well, one of the most intimate um, football fields in, in the globe is going to be another special night for the fans and for the audience watching at home. And I think, um, I'm not trying to give my predictions away too early, but I think Liverpool might make it as well. Too much class. Exactly. I agree with you. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be very difficult to for Inter to overturn the score um, at Liverpool in a week's time, in less than a week's time. But it will definitely be an interesting game to watch um, as a spectator, as it was a neutral, even as a Liverpool supporter. Uh, with that being said, I guess you can focus on one of the big games of the knockout, which was PSG versus Real Madrid, with Mbappe yeah. scoring a goal in the last minute of added time. Um, so what did you make of, maybe first of all, let's start with Real Madrid. Did Kale Ancelotti get his tactics correct that night or did he just completely mess it up at the Parc des Princes? Ancelotti put out his best side. That's undeniable, undebatable. Ancelotti put out his best side. Ancelotti deployed tactics that have worked for him in the league in La Liga, where he's currently topping, and um, what he's used throughout the life of the Champions League this season. Um, the argument is, was Benzema fit enough for the game? But I think he was. They wouldn't risk him if he wasn't. I mean, there's still a lot of to play for in the Champions League, and there's a lot to play for in the, in the league as well. I just think PSG heads off to Pochettino. I'm one of his biggest critics. They played exceptionally well. They played on the front foot. Um, they expressed themselves. I think they believe in their own quality and they showed the world that they have the quality and they have what it takes to, to, to go further deep into this um, competition. And yeah, it was, it was a game which PSG could have and should have easily won by a larger scoreline, um, barring the fact that uh, Lionel Messi missed a penalty, which he so frequently does. I think he must prefer, he, he, he really prefers taking free kicks. <laughs> and, and yeah, it, it, it's, Mbappe scoring in the last minute of the game actually flatters Real Madrid because he could have scored in other periods of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Cotra was exceptional as always in the game. Um, they had a lot of opportunities to score two, three, four goals. And um, if Madrid doesn't correct the errors from that game or definitely doesn't add the tempo to that play, be more aggressive, 
in the next round, but definitely going to fail. You definitely summed it up for, for the listeners. The game between PSG and Real Madrid, I agree with you. Pochettino got his tactics correct on that night. He definitely um, outsmarted uh, Mr. Ancelotti. I, for one, say that Ancelotti, Mr. Ancelotti would probably, um, how can I say this, played it too safely. Um, yeah. I think you're settling for a goal's draw. Um, so that already not seeing so many goals, so that once he returned to Madrid at the Santiago Bernabeu, he could go there and mm. attack for 90 minutes plus. But uh, like you said, Pochettino got his tactics correct. Um, for me, the whole team played very well. I mean, of course, like you, like you mentioned earlier, Messi missing his penalty might have could have thrown PSG out of the element. But when you have when you have players like Mbappe, uh, Neymar, Di Maria, there's always a nine out of ten chance that one of them will get you a goal. One of them will start for you, and that's what happened. And let's not take anything away from Marco Verratti. He definitely played very well in the uh, midfield. We we yeah. don't say that enough about the Italian international. Yeah, the Italian stallion, one of my favorite midfielders right now. And he he does he just doesn't lose the ball, does he? <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't. So for me, a good performance from PSG, the, the leaders of Liga, and well, like going to win the league for sure. Um, yeah. How far they go to the Champions League, I don't know. But for now, they're in the driver's, driver's seat. But for us, for me at least, I think the tie is far from over. They're still going to play in Madrid. And like you said, Benzema was fit. Like you said, they weren't, they weren't going to risk him if he wasn't 100% fit. So it'll be interesting to see how Pochettino plans um for their away leg uh, in Spain, will he go the same tempo? Will he attack with this? Will he use the same strategy, or will he decide, okay, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to let Real Madrid dominate the ball, and we we'll get them on the counter? So that would be a very interesting tactical battle between um, Mauricio Pochettino and uh, Mr. Carlo Ancelotti. Um, so I don't know anything else to add about the game um, besides the penalty, uh, the saves by Thibaut Courtois. I don't know if there's anything you'd like to add. Um, on PSG versus uh, Real Madrid? It was a pretty straightforward game. We'd be lying if we thought there was some element of tech, technical or technical genius. It was just a game where one side showed that they wanted more than the other. And it was just a game where one side was more confident than the other. It was just a game where one chance could have taken more chances and converted more chances than the other. It was a game where we saw the weakness of the other side relying on overly relying on two front players. It was just one of those games that just players would want to forget about and move on. Absolutely. And I'm sure they'll want to correct that at the Benabel uh, in two weeks' time. So the Dublin Sellers focus on another team that surprisingly did not win in the first leg, but still have all to play for. And that's Bayern Munich, who drew one all with Red Bull Salzburg. So what did you make of the Austrians' performance? Oof. They, they've been in red-hot form. Bayern Munich has been experiencing an interesting dip in form. <laughs> they are losing by high margins. I don't know what's happening. I, I can't explain it. I don't personally follow the, the Bundesliga that, 
that deeply to actually dissect what's happening. But week in, week out, was so shocked by Bayern Munich's um, um, results. It's like they make sure that the one time that they lose, they lose badly. They want to be the best everything, the best at winning and the best at losing. <laughs> and Lewandowski and Stani in the side, they always look a threat and you always know that threat, but it seems like size now have realized that if we don't get at these guys, then we're never going to get a chance. And Leipzig really, really got it um, by Munich and they weren't even playing on the counter. It was um, attacks from an open, open phase of play. It yes. wasn't a situation where Bayern was in the in the in in, in, in Leipzig um, 18 area or 16 area, and then there was a turnover position, and then Leipzig's uh, strikers ran all the way to the other side. It was just good play, a good build up, um, good position discipline from the fullbacks, especially um, getting into the Bayern units half, and it's 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 concerning times for Bayern, looking at the fact that. This class, I mean, Lewandowski is not getting any younger. Clubs are actually trying to, to lure him away. Um, Muller is not a player I would personally say we, we would rely on for the next couple of years to be um, the club's leading attacker. He's definitely an assist king. He's made that evident. Lewandowski mm-hmm. will testify. Um, Sane, he's a wide player who doesn't really impact, impact games as, 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 as frequently as we would like him to. I think that's one of the issues Pep Guardiola had with him at Man City, hence why he just let him go as easily as he did. Excellent potential, but he can't run games on his own. Um, yeah, and we've got Kimmich. I mean, Kimmich is a, is, a, is a midfielder come defender, so we can't expect much in terms of influencing results. So it's definitely concerning times back at the Allianz Arena. I think fans would be worried with their return leg. Um, yeah, well, what did you take on it, Mr. Raj? Ah, uh, yes, for me. So, oh yeah, for listeners, uh, just also referring to, to Salzburg, that uh, who were by Munich's opponents and not Leipzig. Uh, apologies for that. Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, don't worry about it. Um, they both from Red Bull, but to make uh, but answer your question, Red Bull for me definitely took the game to Bayern Munich to the German champions. I think from the first minute to the last, they didn't give Bayern Munich a lot of chances to score. Um, even the first goal that uh, those Austrians scored, it was well constructed. Um, I mean, of course, Bayern Munich can say, Oh, you know, we're missing keep we're missing Neuer, and therefore we were forced to play with Sven Ulreich. But uh, I still think that it's not an excuse for the German champions to barely escape Austria with just a draw. Um, yeah. I still think, like you mentioned, the list of players, attackers that have in Lewandowski, in Leroy Sané, in Nabri, Koman, Müller, and a good midfielder general in Joshua Kimmich. That's quality throughout the pitch. And definitely... This is the game we thought, okay, Bayern Munich are going to run right. We're probably going to win 5-1 or something at most and then go to return to the Allianz Arena and be relaxed. But uh, Red Bull Salzburg definitely gave Bayern Munich a fight in Austria uh, that night. And I think the return is going to be very interesting to watch now that it's 1-0. Um, 
the the team is very good. Even the coach of um, Salzburg um, is also a good friend of the Bayern Munich manager uh, Julian Nagelsmann. So they come from the same, you could say, the same football, you know, school of coaching. Um, yeah. Although they they have their differences, but uh, but the way they set up was quite good. It was to attack Bayern Munich, and they did that. They definitely got Bayern Munich hang on the ropes for most of the game. Um, yeah. So for me, a very good game to watch. Um, the return leg will be very interesting in Munich. We're not sure if Neil will return. He probably will return um, from his knee injury. So um, overall, a good game. Definitely expected Bayern Munich to win at least 3-4-5-1. But uh, like I said, um, Red Bull Salzburg definitely took the fight to Munich. So I don't know if there's anything else you'd like to add um, on the all and the all uh, Bundesliga um, game. No, you definitely um, summed it up well. Um, we're looking forward to the next game. And if Noah is the one player that's going to make the difference, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. So, yeah. Mm. Absolutely. And another game that was also was very with very open eyes was Villarreal Juventus, who played to one all draw. And Juventus got their goal after, believe it or not, a minute with their new signing, um, Lovic scoring. His first Champions League goal, actually. But, unfortunately, but well, unfortunately for the Italians, Villarreal got an equaliser from Danny Parejo. So that means the game at uh, Juventus Stadium will be very interesting. So what did you make of uh, Juventus' performance, Jesse? I think, again, another one, another one of those games where it seems like the halftime talk made all the difference. Uh, definitely in the first half, um, as testament by made testament by Vlahovic's uh, early goal uh, was belonged to Juventus, but I think uh, coming out of the dugout in the second half, um, Unai Emery really had had told the boys that listen, we have to keep our our, our rhythm, our culture. Um, let's instill an element of of organization. Let's build up as we usually do, and I think that's how, if you if you watch the passage of play that led to the equalizing goal from Parejo was a really structured goal. It's something any coach would want to would want to to teach um, young guys in the academy that the passing movement, um, the depositional discipline, you see the right backs in the right areas at the right time. You see the, the midfielders going forward and definitely the, the finish was I, I would say not as best, but it it was it was it was but, but it, you, you could definitely see that it, it, it was a goal that's been worked on in the playground and it was a goal that was inspired by a team talk. But yeah, we, we, we can't take um, uh, talking about the new number seven who's really um, adopted to his uh, new life in, uh, in, in, in Juve, um, wearing his idol's famous number seven. You know, he's a big fan of Ronaldo's. And um, yeah, blister and start from him. And yeah, he's, he's definitely a presence up front. Um, I just wish uh, Morata would uh, chip in more. But that's been a story of Morata's life coming from um, um, Atletico, Chelsea, Madrid, and now Juventus again in the second spell. It's, 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 it's one of those, those frustrating things. Oh, yes, I agree with you. Definitely said it all about the game. Um, Juventus getting off to a quick start 
with Valerie scoring the first goal after a minute. And like you said, he was also back scoring a lot of goals for fun at Fiorentina last year. Um, and now that he's at Juventus, he's definitely given them an extra edge because like you said, goal scoring has been a bit of an issue. That's with Morata not really chipping in with the goals when needed. Um, also not having Paulo Dybala. So they really need to also, they also have Maurice Keane, but they don't really chip in with their goals for Juventus and for the old lady. But um, yeah, I think, um, like you said, Unai Emery, or as we like to call him, the uh, Europa League specialist, um, (laughs) gave a good team talk at halftime. And like you said, reminded the team to be more structured, be more organized. And like you said, for the equalizing goal, but forever, that was that was a testament to his tactics, which is to be structured, organized, and disciplined. So for me, that yeah. makes it's going to make this game return like in in Turin very interesting. Um, because um, Juventus will need to score early, like they did um, in Spain. They will need to score early. They'll need to tighten up at at the back because I'm worried about their defense. Um, I know they have good defenders in um, Bonucci, Chiellini. And they lift, but they still concede goals. Um, Some of them, they could be avoided, if you ask me. But uh, we shall see how they do in Turin. But overall, a good game. Um, Perhaps the result that we all expected as neutrals. And I'm looking forward to seeing how Emery will plan for this game in Turin. And also how Allegri will react. Will he change his tactics? Will you want the Juventus to be more attacking or will you want them to park the bus and get Villarreal on the counter? So the return leg in Turin will be a very interesting game between two uh, quite tactically strong uh, managers in Allegri and uh, Unai Emery. So I don't know yeah. if there's anything else we want to add about uh, Villarreal versus Juventus. Yeah, we, we, we definitely touched on all the points. Um, game, game of two halves. Um, keep as performing, some not performing in, 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 in terms of Morata's and the supporting cast. Vlaovic's first game in the Champions League for, for Juve, he did what he had to do. Uh, and then Una Emre trying to break the rut, trying to maybe try something special in the Champions League. And we can only look forward to the return league. Oh, yes. Now, they're very true. We shall, it'll be a very good game to watch. Um, when they play again in Italy in, in about two weeks' time. So that brings us to the final game of uh, of the of the last 16, which is Chelsea versus Lille. Chelsea winning 2-0 with goals from Kai Havertz and Christian Pulisic against um, the French champions. So what did you make of uh, Chelsea's performance against Lille? Terrible performance, wonderful results. I think Chelsea Chelsea needs to decide what sort of club they need to be or what sort of club they want to be. The, for the longest time, we've been letting them go off with poor performances and the one nils and the late last minute two nil scoreline. And if you watch the recent games, especially like last night in the FA Cup where there were Opposed to what, what? 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 team was Chelsea playing? Last uh, it was night? it was Luton Town. Luton Town, where they conceded early, and from there, 
a bad, a frustrating battle. I, it's, it's, I think it's, it needs to go down to a coaching issue now where Tuchel needs to decide on what sort of club that's trying to be, the playing style. They definitely have the, the resources in terms of the players available for them. Um, star players like Zs tend to pop up with the magnificent, magnificent um, strikes from outside the box to hand them one no wins. Uh, we've got Mount Pulisic who missed a lot of chances, uh, making reference to the recent um, Carabao Cup final against Liverpool, where they lost. Yeah, in it's, it's it's a frustrating side, and I wouldn't want to be a Chelsea fan. But yep. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, they're getting the results, but I just don't know how sustainable it will be for the club to, to, to not have good performances and good displays. I agree with you 100%. Absolutely. It was a terrible game to watch, but they did get the, the results in the end. Um, I agree, and also, I agree the fact that they do miss chances. Despite the, the number of attackers that they have, they miss a lot of chances. They... They just are not clinical enough in front of goal. And that's for me the difference between them and Liverpool. And that's why Liverpool are the team that are closer to Man City than Chelsea. Chelsea are already 16 points behind in the league. So the title race, gone, forget. Now it's about trying to stay, you know, third and qualifying for the Champions League next year. But uh, yeah. but yeah, but to come back to the Champions League game, um, it was a it was yeah, it was it was a very difficult game to watch, to be honest. Because Lille yeah. defended, they played quite well. Uh, I take nothing away from the French champions. They played very well. They made it difficult for the Chelsea attackers um, to create chances, to take shots or goal, um, to cause any serious trouble. Like the first goal from Harvest, that was a header from a ZH corner. Um, of course, maybe Lille could have, the Lille defense could have done better. But like you said, the, the, the fact that they win 1-0, is not sustainable over time. Like you said, Tuchel yeah. needs to decide, okay, am I going to go, am I going to attack or am I going to stick and just, you know, play on the counter? Am I going to be a counter-attacking yeah. team? I think that's something he's still figuring, even though he's been at the club for over a year. Um, but yeah, as a Chelsea fan, I'll be frustrated. It's frustrating to watch at times. Like Chelsea frustrating to watch at times. They don't, like I said, they're not clinical. And even if you look at last night's game in the FA Cup, the way they considered the goal after a minute, two minutes was very poor. Um, so that's a cause of concern. I mean, of course, they won the game, but just it was very concerning. And that's not something you want to see as a Chelsea fan. And I know for a fact that for the return leg in Lille, um, not next week, but the following week, I believe it's March 16th, it's going to be quite intimidating for the defending champions because Lille will make it very difficult. And mind you, their stadium is also is also intimidating. As you know, French stadiums, especially on European nights, are intimidating to go to, whether it's Parc des Princes, whether it's um, Stade Vélodrome for Marseille, uh, for yeah. Marseille, or even for Lille, um, Stade Pierre uh, Moura is very dangerous, very not dangerous, very difficult to go and get results. So, of course, 2-0, good result. One foot in the quarterfinal. But they yeah. need to finish their chances. Like you said, they need to be more clinical in front of goal. Because if they don't, do, if they don't improve that, then once they face tougher teams uh, yeah. in the latter stage of competition, they will be punished. Be, yeah. be it Liverpool, beat Man City, beat even 
Ivan Ajax Amsterdam yeah. or even Bayern Munich. Those teams will have players that are clinical in front of goal, players that will punish you if you don't take your chances. So the hope is that in the return leg, Chelsea will be a bit more clinical, will take their chances, and they can go to the quarterfinals. Um, other than that, yeah, like you said, very difficult game to watch, but they got the job done in the end. So almost no quarterfinals, just need to get through the final hurdle in France uh, in less than two weeks. Um, I don't know if there's anything you want to add on the Chelsea-Lille match. Yeah, the, 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 the Chelsea performances have been bad. We've, we've, we've discussed that enough. And I think 2-0 is a good buffer result for them coming into the second leg. But I think even if they do progress and they face, like you said, tougher sides, they will struggle. They will, will struggle. Absolutely. But uh, take, but thankfully, well, for the Chelsea team, they have Ingolo Kante to thank, um, who played quite well, actually. We should have mentioned that, that he was basically running the midfield um, yeah, yeah. that night. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, of course, uh, we need to not forget about uh, on the left side, Renato Sanchez, um, who played quite well. We actually did give Chelsea, you know, a couple of pro- problems throughout the game. Um, I don't take that for granted as a fan or as a, you know, as a spectator of the game. So yeah. that, was a, that was a very interesting battle in the midfield um, between the two. And I think that will be key in the return leg uh, in France. Uh, in less than two weeks. So I don't know. Yeah. Any, um, there's nothing else. I don't know. There's anything else you want to add um, on the Chelsea Little game um, for the listeners? Anything maybe you might have missed? No, that's, we, we've covered it well. I think you've touched on Sanchez as well. Excellent game. One of those players that had potential but seemed like they didn't exploit as much as they, they could have. Uh, he was supposed to be the world's next best thing, but... He's just one of those players that, that, that really never peaked. Exactly. Uh, coming from his time, Benfica, where he was very excellent. Then his move to Bayern Munich did not go well. He was even loaned out to Swansea. He didn't play well at all yeah. either. So uh, you could say he's reborn now at Lille. And it would be very interesting to see in the summer if teams will definitely want to sign him for sure. Um, and I know Lille will... will They'll, they'll make good money and there are lots of good players there in the little team as well as in like Jonathan David as well good uh, uh, Canadian international forward who's also being monitored by the big teams so Lille as they have for the last couple of years unfortunately will be losing some of their big players and also they're struggling in in, in Ligue 1 but still a good team so we shall see how the return leg goes. Um, so I guess now this brings us to prediction time for the second leg um, of matches. So let's start with uh, Real Madrid PSG. Who do you see winning, or go- who do you see winning going through to the quarterfinals? I think Madrid might might come to their senses. But I think they would, their senses won't be enough on the night. I think a 2-1 win for PSG, maybe ultimately a 3-1 win. I think I'll give it a 3-1 if they keep the same performance from last, last time out. What do you think about the result? 
Oh, that's a that's a bold that's a bold uh, score prediction. I think PSG will go through, um, but it will be tight. I think to be PSG will win two one, and Messi will get a goal. Yeah, yeah, he's he's going to be back home, Spain. Yeah, <laughs> I know people, but he's he's really Spanish. So yeah, that's a good one as well. I I think two one as well, but I think with Madrid trying to push towards getting something, I think it will end up being a 3-1, but we'll see. 3-1, 2-1, that's fine. Absolutely. Uh, next game, yeah. uh, Liverpool into Milan. Oof. Oof. I, I, I'm scared of saying it will be a drawn match because Liverpool doesn't draw that much. But I think it will be a one-on-one scholar. But what, 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 what's your take on it? Uh, I think Liverpool will win again at Anfield in front of their 50,000 supporters. I think it's going to be 2-0 with Mane and Salah getting the goals. Oh, great. great. <laughs> uh, next game is... Uh, oh, yes. Bayern Munich, Red Bull Salzburg. Oof. At home. Oh. It won't be an upset, unfortunately. So uh, I think it will be a, a 2 0 to Bayern. Ah, it's 2 0, very, yeah, very yeah, conservative score. I agree with you. Um, yeah, I also don't see an upset from Red Bull Salzburg. I think the Bayern quality will get them yeah. through to the quarterfinals. So Bayern Munich to win 2 0 with a goal from Lewandowski and uh, Kingsley Coleman. No, with Lewandowski always gets his goal, so that's that's a, that's a fair prediction. Exactly, you will definitely deliver um, at the Allianz Arena. So two 0 by Munich. Another uh, game that's uh, oh yes, um, Ajax Amsterdam Benfica. Ooh. Are we going to extra time with it? I think. Uh, <laughs> it's tough. Uh, it's tough looking at the way AX played it away from home. But I think back home, they'll comfortably win, win it 2-0. What do you think on that? Um, yeah, it's one of those unpredictable games. Um, I But I think AX will edge it. They'll definitely win at the Johan Cruyff Arena in front of their fans, the 60,000 fans. It's going to be 2-0, and I'm expecting, well, I predict Sebastian Aller and Dusan Tadic will get those goals. Ah, great, great. Uh, next game is, well, Lil Chelsea. Chelsea 1-0. It's going to be a boring. <laughs> Chelsea 1-0. It's going to be those matches. Maybe Lukaku will finally get his goal. Goal tally up as well. So it's, it's going to be a boring 1-0 to Chelsea. A sad, <laughs> boring 1-0. Ah. <laughs> well, what happened, Raj? Um... I think Chelsea will win 2-0 like they did in the first leg. Lukaku will get a goal and the second goal will be scored by Mason Mount. Okay. That's bold. <laughs> it's bold, but hey, you have to, you have to go for it yeah? <laughs> in life. <laughs> um, I think this is the last game. Um, Juventus-Villarreal. Uh, we should have a Manchester and Atletico, so maybe it's the second last game. Second last, sorry, yes, second last. Uh, Juventus Villarreal. Who do you think? Who's Ooh. going through? 
Uh, Juventus currently have a, an injury issue regarding, is it uh, King McKinsley? He's, he's been a, a good figure for them. Mm-hmm. Villarreal won now. Ooh. I think Villarreal deep into the competition for some reason. I think the, the, the draw will favor them and it's, it's continued to favor them. I think, yeah, 1 0 to Villa. Oh, that's a, that's a very bold prediction. Um, how do I see this game um, playing out? I think it's because the game will be in Turin in front of the 40,000 plus supporters at the Juventus Stadium. My money is on Juventus to go through slightly. I think they'll scrape through. They'll get a, a 2 1 yeah. win with uh, Lovic and Morata. I'm just hoping Morata scores. For Juventus and maybe for Villarreal, a goal from hopefully Gerard Moreno if he's fit. And yeah. I see Juventus going through to the quarterfinals. Yeah, any man who's willing to bet on Morata's scoring is a is is, is 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 a confident man. So yeah, so yeah, um, <laughs> we have a is it Manu and Atletico now. Yes, correct. <laughs> Ignoring the t-shirt that I'm wearing right now, and I think the audience should should, should note that I'm wearing a, a classic Aon uh, replica shirt from Man United. I think, um, yeah, United will just edge this one out. Um, and an astonishing three 0 I think uh, Bruno and Ronaldo would really step up and um, chip in. And maybe something from Rashford as well, although he may start from the bench. What do you think about that, Raj? Oh, that's this is also one of those tough games we don't know <laughs> how it will go. Um, but I expect United to go through the quarterfinals. Yeah. They will edge it. I say um, they'll edge it. I think they'll win two zero. And I expect goals from Ronaldo yeah. and Bruno Fernandez because I yeah. don't see Atletico causing United problems at Old Trafford. So 2-0, United to go through to the quarterfinals and Atletico to be eliminated. So that's also me sticking my neck on the line, but that's what it's about when it comes to predicting uh, these games. So I guess we predicted all the games for the um, return legs that begin next week, Tuesday um, and Wednesday, followed by other games the following Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, so I don't know if there's any, if there was a one a particular moment in the first leg of this last 16 that caught your attention. That you just to say, wow, this uh, was Killa Killian, Killa Killian, Killa Killian Mbappe. That goal was fantastic, man. That, <laughs> that, was, that, that was, wow, what was yours? For me, my highlight was definitely same as yours, Killian Mbappe scoring in the last minute of the game. That, because I had thought for a second that Madrid are going to return with a goalless draw and and then, you know, take the game to PSG. But yeah. Kylian Mbappe had other ideas. Of course, you know, there's rumors about him having already signed a pre-contract with Madrid, but of course nothing has been confirmed and the two teams are facing each other. So we won't have any confirmation until after the game. So yeah, definitely Kylian Mbappe scoring my moment of the first uh, leg of the last 16. Um yeah. So I guess on that note, we'll come to the end of 
the episode of the podcast. Um, I don't know if Jesse does anything else you want to add um, on the episode that you might have skipped, that you might have forgotten. Uh, I'm looking forward to our next session. And uh, I think we, we, we always encourage our audience to, to, to chip in, interact with us, comment, uh, like. Uh, if you're seeing us on Facebook, uh, react to the posts. Um, maybe share with your friends, tag your friends under the post. Um, comment where we welcome comments. And uh, yeah, if you want to be a part of our panel, just feel free to give us a shout. Um, we will we'll definitely consider your, 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 your offer and then we'll invite you onto the show and then we'll have a good uh, chat over the, some football. And yeah, in future, hopefully we'll have some giveaways. If there's a, a generous audience member out there who's willing to take us on for sponsorship or just for a donation so we can uh, run a competition, we're always um, willing to, to, to do that, to, to just grow us, grow our platform. And uh, yeah, Rogers, it's always a pleasure recording with you. And we look forward to the champion. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, on that note, all we can say is yeah. thank you for listening to another episode. And like Jessa said, yeah. feel free to comment, share, like about um, any of the football topics we discuss, which mostly Champions League, um, on any of our social media pages. And if you want to be a guest on the show, feel free to contact us also by social media or by email, which is thegreenpitch2 at gmail.com. And that's the end of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Jesse, uh, for uh, for being part of the show. Yeah, it's always a pleasure, Rice. Thank you. And on that note, we end the show. So have a good evening, everybody. And we'll see you next week or, at the, or the week after for a look back at the second leg of the Champions League. Thank you and good evening. Good.